I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 28, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Before we get into exactly what's on the docket today, let's have a perspective discussion. This is a five minute chart of the SPY. Chances are we'll get back to this later anyway, but for a different purpose. The purpose right now is to say, look where we went from all the way up here around 323.60, give or take, to all the way down here at 320.85. We'll talk later about how I knew right off the top of my head it was 320.85. Looks like a big decline, and from an intraday perspective, it is a pretty decent decline. But we're having a perspective discussion. The perspective on the daily chart is not a lot happened. Market went up a little bit, market went down a little bit, Market closed a little bit below where it was yesterday. Is there really a big deal on the daily chart? And the answer is no. Now, the market may be trying to tell us something with the price action into the end of the day. That's a bird of a different feather. We're just having a perspective conversation comparing a very short-term chart and what happens over minutes and certain candles as opposed to the daily chart and what happens over days. What do we see on the daily chart? Well, we see the same thing we really saw yesterday. Other than the fact that today was a red candle, the market was down two bucks, six tenths of one percent. It's not a big deal one way or the other. Remember, we have Kabuki Theater this week. The Fed is meeting on Tuesday, today, and they culminate or end their meeting on Wednesday with an announcement on interest rates and a press conference, and they say some stuff about the economy, inflation, the bond market, all that stuff. What happens when they do that? The market whips around, gold whips around, the bond market whips around, currencies whip around, everything whips around. Not every time, it just happens like that a lot of the time. So right now, what are they doing? Quote unquote, and these are air quotes, they're waiting on the Fed. What does that mean? That means it was unlikely the market was going to get very far in either direction while we're waiting on the Fed. Very far doesn't really mean we're looking at a five-minute chart and we see a $2 decline. That's not what we're talking about. Very far is, were we going to see the market down at 219, 217, 216 before the Fed tomorrow? Probably not. Am I playing a little bit of Monday morning quarterback? Yeah, it's easy to do. But that really is and was the case. What else we got on the daily chart? Well, lo and behold, all of a sudden, we have the makings of a bearish, flaggish kind of thing. So, we have a couple of things, and they almost work against each other. So, here it is, and we talked about this the other day. So, you have a breakdown candle from the other day, and we're talking about this one from the 23rd. Now, the market's been basically going sideways in the lower portion, underneath a little bit of that breakdown candle. So, all in all, conceptually speaking, it's a bearish, wedgish type of pattern that's working. But, on the contrary, and counter to that thing going on with the bearish, flaggish thing, is the uptrend. So, the SPY is above all the moving averages. So, what's more dominant? The overall trend on the daily chart 
or the market activity over the last four days? Well, I can give you the answer. And the answer is the trend in this case is more dominant. Doesn't mean the market won't come down below the 20 period moving average. I'm just telling you the way I look at things. Remember, inside my head, dangerous place to be, wear your work boots, you know, the whole routine. I used to have a great pair of Timberlands. They still make those or am I living in 1980? What? 1980 Cole? They want your work boots back? Bear with me, a little levity. I'm up for a rough sledding when we get to stocks on the move. There was a shit burger in there. Other side too, to be fair, it makes a lot of sense to also look at the hourly chart. When we look at the hourly chart, we can make a case that this is a channel and the market's been trading back and forth somewhere in this hypothetical or hypothesized channel or whatever that word is. But what is this channel from a bigger picture perspective? Well, it's the same thing we just discussed on the daily chart, which this will generally play out in the southern direction. Now, again, we don't know what's going to happen after the Fed. The market can take off to the upside. The market can open the trap door and drop to the downside. It's very similar to an earnings release. So a stock is doing whatever it's doing and the earnings are released and the stock shoots up or it shoots down, but it's not necessarily always in concert with what the earnings release or what the conference call or what the executive said was. So sometimes they could be diametrically opposite. Case in point, and this is a hypothetical, XYZ reports great earnings, stock drops four bucks. Why did that happen? They cite something in the report that's buried on page 32. But guess what? The stock dropped immediately. Who the hell was reading page 32? Whoever read page 32? Nobody. There's no reason in the report the stock dropped. The stock does what it does after earnings. That's why we're more interested the morning after or after the announcement. That's where stocks on the move come from. By the way, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit here tonight, but that's okay. I got to keep you on your toes. A good short hop here and there keeps you on your toes. At the end of the week, they have the deadline to re-up the stimulus. I don't know which stimulus it is, $600 a week, the unemployment benefits, maybe it's a combination. Whatever it is, I know Congress has some kind of deadline as it relates to the stimulus. They have to make a decision. So here's the way this works. And we use the 80-20 rule for this. 80% of the time, maybe 95% of the time, it works like this. There's always going to be an outlier, but they come to the 11th hour. They make a deal Thursday night at midnight or Friday morning at midnight, 2 in the morning, whatever it is. The market goes down into the point in which they make the deal. And then there's a relief rally underway. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen. And there's a lot of other stuff going on with the Fed, Kabuki Theater, and all that stuff. So I'm just saying with those kind of deadlines that Congress has, they have their own sub-Kabuki Theater going on. Do we see anything different when we populate a 120-minute chart? And the answer is a cool, no, we don't. Now, what would change this? If, in fact, the market shot up, After or even before the Fed announcement, this pattern would change. What would they then be doing? We already talked about it. Here's back to the hourly chart. It's just easier for me to explain on the hourly chart. Here's a breakdown candle high, 325. We talked about 325 last night. We also talked about 327. 
What's 327? Well, it's this high over here. Breakdown candle, high 327.23. You see how this works? We take the market one step at a time. Depending on which direction they go, we're pre-prepared. I know where the resistance is. I know where the supports are. Inside the numbers, members will have refined numbers along the way. How about inside the numbers? We're going to start at the end of the day today. Why is that? Because I have to eat a shit burger in a minute or two, so we're going to do some good first. I'm going to take a W first. 320.85. You'll see here at 3.30 in the afternoon, 320.85. They can get to 320.85. You know the routine, 15-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. Low of day, last candle of the day, 320.85. That post was made up here at 3.30 or somewhere around this point. However, we also knew that closing short-term candles below 3.22.50 was the pivot. That was the tip-off. Let's go find out if he's smoking dope or full of shit. First, right out of the chute, the pre-market commentary, it's turnaround Tuesday. Market was up on Monday, turnaround Tuesday, down on Tuesday. Is that new? Is that the first time you've seen turnaround Tuesday? No. Let's scroll up. We'll point out a couple of important things, like, oh, before the opening bell, 320.85. Yeah, and just come up with that number at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we've got important numbers on the board before the opening bell, around the opening bell. If they spike higher, we're prepared. If they drop lower, we're prepared. 321.75 should be some early support. They came a little bit lower, but they found support. When's the best time to take a trade? When there's volatility. When is there the most volatility on most days? Right out of the gate in the first 30, 45 minutes, hour worth of trading. After that, the volume really dries up. It even dries up a lot of times before that. Just food for thought. Different look, five-minute chart, 321.75. You see a pattern continue to repeat here, and I don't talk about the pattern in the sense of the chart pattern in this case. I talk about in the sense of what happens early in the morning. The market typically does its thing, early shakeout, spike higher. They find a pivot. They find a spot. A lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, we know the spot. So here, they went a few points lower, meaning a few S&P points, a few cents in terms of the SPY. What did they do? They turned around and went back in the other direction. That was the destination. So I was off by a few cents in the destination. Doesn't change anything. What was resistance? 323 was also from yesterday, also a gap. You'll see in the notes today, there was a gap at 323.20. We kept harping on 323.20. Eventually, they went and filled 323.20. If you know your numbers, you can get a read on the market. If you can get a read on the market, you can tilt the probabilities in your favor. 935, 323.20, or 321.75. One or the other was going to happen. They both happened. You know what comes next? You like apples? How do you like them apples? Moving right along. I urge you if you're at all active or interested in being active in the market, in the SPY, the S&P 500, the ES, the micro contracts, the exchange traded products, the leveraged funds, 
any or all of the above, if you're at all active in the market, then this is absolutely helpful information each and every day. Not every single word is correct all day, every day, but I can assure you the preponderance, the majority of this information is correct. We're reading the tape. Let's call it what it is. Most traders just can't read the tape or can't read the tape just yet. Therefore, this information or information like this is extremely helpful. How do I know that? That's the feedback I get. You know the story. When three guys tell you you're drunk, go take a seat. Where's the pivot today? 322.50. What happens if they get below? The bears grab the ball. What happens if they stay above? The bears don't have the ball. It's pretty much that simple. So you'll see in the afternoon, and we'll go back and take a look in a moment, that once they got below 322.50, and here it is, 15-minute chart. Here's the close, 322.38. You can see how they dove down and what you'll also see when you drill down a little bit further there was still somewhat of a bear bull battle going on here right around 322.50 before they gave it up there was what I like to call a last gasp what happens once they gave up 322.50 and what you'll see if you read the notes is what was on the table 320.85 once again for the home gamers how you doing all right now it's time to get serious. Stocks on the move. We're going to look at Triple M, FFIV, HOG, and AUDC. So 3M getting a haircut at the open, a pretty significant haircut at that, for that stock anyway. And it opened below the first number. So what's the routine? The first number is off the table. The second number is on the table. So did the second number work? Yeah. How do we classify this? As a base hit. If you're painting by the numbers, you're one for one. Anybody want some fries with that shitburger? F5 Networks. So here's what happened. The stock opens up. It cuts through the first number like a hot knife through butter. And then, just to add insult to injury, it comes up three pennies short of the second number. So here's what happened. You have a bucket of traders that hopped in the second price early. Now, these are likely the same traders that bought the first price... They bought the second price early, and then most likely, in most cases, the stock came down and handed them two pies in the face. We don't buy the second price early. Why? Because we're taught to paint by the numbers. So I'm not teaching to front run the number. I'm teaching the numbers work. Sometimes they spike through. Sometimes they come up short. When they come up short, it changes the trade. Here's a five-minute chart. So here... The low is 141.95, three pennies above my desired entry price. Then what happens? Not a huge bounce, but a bounce nonetheless. 143.12. It's over a dollar bounce. Now, it's not a full 1%. However, it's pretty close. That right there, in and of itself, changes the trade. But wait, there's more. It gets worse. The traders that bought the 143.91, yours truly, after it starts to bounce coming up short of 141.92, we think that's it, that's okay, they'll come right back and they'll go on at least a base hit, double, or even potentially a rocket ride. Nope, we were wrong. You see the rest. The rest is history. The numbers were wrong. We know the routine. They're not all going to be right. Every single time they're wrong, it stings like a bitch. 
What about Hogg? Harley Davidson? If you painted by the numbers, what happened? Well, the stock's getting a haircut at the opening bell. Two numbers on the board. They're rather close together. I can make a case that the stock will stop at either number. Should I point out what those are? Yeah. Here's a daily chart. You had two gaps. Here's one gap. The number's slightly below it for different reasons. But the gap is the main reason. Then you go down to a 60-minute chart and you see another gap. That's it. Not rocket science. So now, putting it in perspective, buying half the position at the first gap, half the position at the second gap, what happens, your average is in between. Then what happens? Hog gets on its hog and goes on a rocket ride. What's your average? About 26.50. Stock went up to 29.42. How you doing? These are going to happen. You just never know which ones they're going to happen on which days. Here's another would-be, should-be, could-be shitburger, but there's a lesson learned in here. Let me go through this one because this one is not necessarily trading 101, but there's always a takeaway from every trade. So haircut, two numbers, half at one, half at the other. The stock opened right above the first number. So the only way you're filled on this trade is if you're one of the traders that puts the order in in the pre-market only to be executed after the opening bell. Many do that. I do that when the number's hovering a lot of the time. Couple of things you might want to jot down on a sticky note. A name you never heard of before. Not the same risk as Intel. That's common sense. It's logic. But you need to incorporate that as an awareness. Stock hovering around the opening bell right around the number. It's telling you one of two things is going to happen almost 100% certainty. Either that's the number, they're going to hit it and go on a rocket ride in the other direction, or that's the number, but it's not the destination, and you're going to get killed. What do we do with that information? We realize that that increases the risk of the stocks that are hovering right above the number, and I mean right above like within pennies, two pennies, five pennies, ten pennies, below right before the opening bell opens up one penny above, those type of shenanigans. Those trades are increased risk at the opening bell because of that, so you can still trade it, just take a smaller share size. Okay, what else we got? They come into the second number and they have their bounce. They come right where in between is, a little bit north of in between. Okay, nobody's selling at break even, at least not a pro trader, that's not what we're in it for, so we might have gotten filled at the first filled at the second, we're feeling okay, we're about break even, give or take, the market's going back and forth, or this stock is going back and forth, now it begins to go down, it begins to go below this tail, I'm looking at this tail on this 15 minute chart, I'm saying, I don't like the close below the tail, I don't like this thing from the get go, I'm getting out, I'm not waiting for another hourly close, See what I'm saying? That was 10.45 that this happened. These are just some of the things that you need to be able to adjust for in real time if you're going to find long-term success in this business. It's okay that you didn't know that or may not have known that today. We learn from every experience. Believe me, I have eaten trays full of shit burgers. How do you think I figured out all this stuff? So what did I do with it? 
I put it in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Not everything you hear in these videos is going to be in the course. What's in the course is the foundation of how the market works, but we use the three-pillar approach around these parts. The videos every night posted to YouTube is the ongoing education. Once you understand the foundation of how the market works, the ongoing education makes a whole lot more sense. And then the traders that want the active stuff during the day, inside the numbers. What's going on in Camp IWM? Trend. We're talking trend. It's the first thing that comes out of the chart when it populates the screen. We're still above the moving averages. We do identify the bad day today, or at least the red day, the down day. But is there really a big divergence? Is the IWM leading in a big way over and above what the S&P did? And the answer is, no, it's not. Down a little more in percentage terms, but not all that much. So there's nothing we really gain from today's activity. It's just a down day. The trend is up. They're above all the moving averages. If they come below the moving averages, start closing hourly below, daily below, that changes things. But that's not the case today. We have to take the market at face value if we're being the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, did lead to the downside. My second favorite market leading indicator the first one is the IWM. We know all that. What we also know is that the transports are my A number one favorite canary in the coal mine. However, it's the same routine we just discussed with the IWM. Above the moving averages, the trend hasn't changed. It's just a red day. We have Kabuki Theater on deck. We know the market can do anything it wants in and around right after Kabuki Theater, FOMC, the press conference. So we have to be prepared. We have to expect the unexpected. They could spike it higher out of this bullish flaggish pattern. That goes for the S&P, the IWM. Any chart you see can do anything under the sun between tomorrow opening bell and tomorrow's closing bell. NASDAQ, Triple Qs, Silicon Valley people, anything new, any new revelations, down 1%. So what we're going to say is the markets were down some a little more than others. That's the way we're going to look at it. We're taking the long view. Why? Because we have Kabuki Theater on deck. Can they kill the market after Kabuki Theater? Yeah. And what if they do? Then the numbers we already discussed in the southern direction over the last couple of videos, they come right into view. Inside the numbers, members will have numbers right on their lap. They'll have them before the Fed announcement, I assure you. What about the financials, the XLF? What did it do today? Nothing. We're waiting on the Fed. The XLF, or the financials as a whole, they're interest rate sensitive. They're very sensitive to what the Fed has to say. So what'd they do? Nothing. They're waiting on the Fed. Smash mouth. Did get smashed today, down over 1.5%. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's a give back to yesterday, a partial give back. Can we call it a retracement? Yeah, we can. There's a gap left open below. They're in an uptrend. That's the more dominant thing. So what does today mean? Nothing. Big picture, it means nothing. What happens if they kill the markets across the board after the Fed? Is the SMH going to come down? Yeah, of course it will. Can we say that before that happens? No, of course not. Yesterday, they made a new high. Today, they sold off a little bit. Are we going to make a federal case out of that? No. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? And that without you, these videos are not possible? 
true and accurate information. It's everything that we intended to and wanted to discuss today. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.